morning, everybody. I'm so glad to see you all here this morning. If you would, heads and prayer with me, and we'll go ahead and get this service started. Dear God, just thank you so much for this day. You thank you that you kept us all safe so we could get here this morning. Lift up your name in praise. Thank you for this opportunity you give us every week to just be in your presence and for you. So be with us today as we do that in your name. One, two, 
Patreon.
Good morning. There is a bound in this sanctuary every during the sermon, especially during communion. We feast on the word, or Satan will feast on each of us. Satan sees the significance of the word preached each week. The question is, we? Satan visits the church. His malicious is unwearied in his efforts to do harm. Nowhere is the devil active as in a congregation of gospel Nowhere does he labor to stop the progress of that which is good and to men and women from being saved. We might miss a Sunday sermon. Say will not. You and I neglect feasting upon the word. Satan will not. The devil most regular and most attentive church attender. From comes, I'm going to make several points here. Comes competition for the word of God. You're thinking about the Sunday lunch, where to go with mannerisms of the preacher, maybe banana pudding, too hot or too cold in the sanctuary, or Mr. or Ms. over perfume. From Satan comes listless mind and dull memories. You think, remember when, and your mind wanders off of it. From Satan comes sleepy eyes, fidgety nerves. Did you stay up too late Saturday night? From Satan's weary eyes and distracted attention. You're thinking about tomorrow's office meeting? Inattention. In one ear and out the other. Pay attention to this last one. From Satan come wandering thoughts and roving imaginations. Willie Key of Georgia three-peat as national champion. People wonder that they find sermons so dull they remember them so badly. So we do not even make it to the parking lot because it is though we never heard the sermon or part of communion. Remember before you parking lot, forgetting what you just heard, <coughs> Satan has visited you. Did you listen to God or to Satan? Be prepared. <coughs> Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the things of the devil. Father, the devil appears to sickly seek to destroy the good work of the believers. Thankfully, his power will match for the power available to God. That all comes from Ephesians chapter 6. Please join prayer for the sacraments. <coughs> Dear Lord, help us to be attentive to your word, and do not let us, Satan is active in this church, trying to distract believers from worshiping you. These sacraments, bread representing the broken body and the cup representing the spirit, take us back to the day of your death on that cruel cross. Uh, we remember that you are our Savior.
and it is in your name. Amen. Dear Lord, you continue to bless this church and its congregants. These gifts freely given to you for the work of your kingdom in the surrounding area. Bless the gift and the givers and multiply them as only you can. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Everybody good and awake and burnt. Not in here. See, they're complaining about that too. Randy just preached about. It. I mean, Randy does communion medicine about that. So we're going to ride along in this few pick sermon series, and and today's question wasn't really a question. It's more like a request on Hosea 12, and it was preparing the heart for revival. Oh, it moved on me. It's preparing the heart for revival, and. Before we can talk about heart for revival, we've got to define what revival is. Look at the good old Oxford Dictionary. You know how reliable it is. You know, it says that revival means an improved condition or strength of something. Or the sense of something becoming popular, active, or important again. Uh, a new production of a or similar work. Or a reading of religious fervor. But did you notice what revival was not? A week-long meeting in a tent. Did you notice? We call it a revival because it's intended to show the body of Christ. But that's not really what a revival is. Revival, and I'm going to, to, to mention this, is, is a person's heart being personally revived. Revival is personal. It relies on you individually. For a revival. Now, that means responsibility relies on you, me. How you like that? I just took pressure off of me. I, you like that? I'm good at that. But reality, it's a personal thing that if each were to take serious, if each one of you would take very seriously, spread like wildfire church and even into the community. But it has to start early. Making changes. If we did this, we, we could change the world. How many of us would like the community different, the society different, school systems different, everything different? We, we talk about time, but we see it happening. 
take it soul, the revival in our hearts, change us, we start seeing our families for the good and money of society. And it starts individually. No pressure there, is it? Get all the pressure off of you. Let's look at the basis for our revival personally. Hosea 10, 12. Sow righteousness for yourself, the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your out ground. It's time to seek the Lord until he comes, showers his on you. I want you to notice that in 10, 12 begins with the act of sowing. Not sowing, sowing. And so is to plant soil. And you sow, you sow, you want to come up. If you sow, you want to eat peas. If you sow, you want to eat corn. If you want an apples, you plant an apple. What seeds are you sowing matters. It can be said this way is to do something that will eventually bring a particular result. The scripture you says you are to sow for yourself. Understand? Sow for yourself. In other words, no one can do it for you. You can't do it. Your spouse can't do it for you. Parents can train and instruct, but you can't do it for you. We must sow for ourselves. You have to sow righteous self. I, this is the time that I'm going to ask you to be selfish. Think about yourself. Determine yourself that you will be right. It's up to you. No matter how much griping and complaining do to somebody, the only person that can choose is correct. So, to stand upright before God, we're talking about to be right. Upright is more than a stature, his character. As being who are honorable and to be upright. Scripture tells me that our righteousness is as filthy rag. In other words, we're all rotten. We all need to be thrown in the washer, some bleach. To sow righteousness takes desire and willingness to His Word and His Spirit to produce in us His righteousness. To sow self in righteousness takes that desire. And a man may be honorable and honest without God's Word and Spirit. I know a lot of good Christians. Do you? Do you? I do. But guess what? Enough. That's not enough. I know a lot of men who are really, they are how bad they are. And they're proud of it. But, and, but men rely on whose righteousness, they do what they is right. Matter of fact, Proverbs 21 says, thinking, think their own ways are right, but they the heart. That and, and look at that verse. Because it's kind of dangerous. Because it causes us to justify who we are, what we are, by how we look at what is right. Well, I, that's wrong. Have you ever heard? Have you ever said that? Uh, you know, I know that's good, but I'm not so sure that's wrong. Surely you haven't read that. You had not for yourself, have you? Oh yeah, well, you had in your life. In our study, it's the mainstream news channels or, or everyday Joe put the idea that evil is good. It, evil is good. They're looking on evil and it's right and evil in their eyes. And, and they want to accept it. Well, that's all in good. But God, does he matter? True righteousness is not based on how we look at it. We can't justify sin. We justify because we want it to be that it's okay. It's based on what sees it. 
That's why we got to look into the Word of God. And if we put our hearts and lives God's Word, then in time, it gives us the right way to see what righteousness is. But you have to spend time in God's Word. And it's, it takes a little more than just reading. It takes a and living it. The Word of God is the seed of righteousness. How many of you have ever planted and it never came up? Yeah. Yep, done that. Mostly in my backyard. Well, second nine ten. He who supplies the seed to the sower and bread will also increase your store of seed of the harvest righteousness. When we are to live by God, we allow God to multiply and increase righteousness in not our own self righteousness, but His. Did you notice something there in Hosea that we were the fruit of unfailing love? King James says we would reap in mercy. Mercy. How many need some mercy? See, I'd be in a lot. But you know, but filled with the heart. Because we're baptized believers and we, we have spirit within us, we should no longer less, should we? But you know, Paul addressed said this to do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Reaps what he sows. You've heard that a lot. Said it to your kids. Whoever sows their flesh, flesh will shine. Whoever sows spirit, spirit will reap eternal life. Really? Isn't that what you want? Well, that's a little secret forever anyway. It's just where you ever that's good. So eternal life is kind of whether you want a life fullest in heaven or you want eternal torment there. That is up to you individually. Paul was not writing to unsaved people here. He was church addressing an issue of spiritual flesh. Call themselves Christians, living like they were in to gratify themselves rather than what God right. Too often we want to make our our own what is right, what we want to do. And and but he went on. He says God's not mocked. That's what a man sows. He's going to relive a core righteous for God, and he'll say, "You." Let me let you in on a little secret. Some of you all the time. You're not. And spirit-filled people are to sow and the righteous of His Word and His Spirit. But to the Spirit, what God says to the Spirit, it's, it's life everlasting. Did you come to this morning? How many of you have got other things you would do? Right? But you're because you and you wanted to be closer to God. Because if you sow to the flesh, see what is right rather than what God sees is right, you're going to reap shun, hey, ruin, destruction. How many have fallen apart, but they sow to the flesh instead of doing what is right? How many families have fallen apart and society's fallen Why? Because they're doing what is right in their eyes, not what is God's eyes. We don't live by the culture of this or any nation, but by the world of God. God's word does Isaiah says, break up the unplowed ground. Does anybody remember James called fallowed ground? Right. Some of old Bibles. Well, fallowed, unplowed ground is, is that that's been unplowed. It's become That's why we break up the unplowed ground. Ground is nothing more than your heart. That's what, what the, the ground represents. And for four different types of soil. And he was not talking about natural, he was talking about the hearts of men. 
feeds the word of God, and it, it's got to get into your heart to produce real right. It, it, in here. It means you have to be loose to get in there. Something to get in there. again that's the end of the prophet said he so for yourself so to yourself you must do it for yourself desire righteousness of god it also means to take heed for you look at your heart really taking a good look to see if your heart is heart is hard that's that's a tough one isn't it take a real honest look in the mirror and see whether or not you're receiving the word let me give you a good way to do that you have lived and the choices you've write them down write them down that you've made and see which ones look you're living for God and the ones looks like you're not one list would be larger than the other in almost everybody's case most of us are views what we think is right and if you're if your list is considerably longer inside where you're instead of God's way chances are you're hard and you're not allowing the spirit to change you you're just not you know, what causes that? What causes heart? You break up the ground that has been left under. It'll understand that we cannot allow things hard, that we have to we have to fail with. See, that's what happens. We fail to deal with the hard world, deal with the hard things, the pain, suffering that we go through. Anybody ever done any of that? Pain, suffering, sickness, loss. Financial hardship, worse. All those things coming come in here, and they harden our heart. And we never deal with it. We sweep it under the rug, and we allow it to continue to get and harder and harder. Pretend like it didn't happen, but it shows. It, you know, issues in our lives just not going to go. Away. There's no way they burden an agent, and then they cause us to justify things and actions. I have the right to feel this way. I have the right to be because I'm the one that. Yeah, I've done that. All of us at some point. So and so did this to me, and and I'm never going to ever. Well, how's that for you? Are you feeling miserable every? Guess what? When, if that's the way you live. They're probably going on living their life, and they don't care whether you're not. But you're allowing your hard heart to keep you closer to God and living according to His way and having fullest. You know, it becomes so hard to do that. We we just we justify, we feel that we're we're right in holding resentment. The problem is when we harden our hearts, we fail to deal with the issues, resentment, and us, and they destroy us from the inside out. And then we have this unplowed or fallowed ground actually unused you have allowed your heart to become useless let me tell you useless I don't like saying unused means you haven't with it in a long time and Christians who are not involved in the work of God in time hard and calloused when it comes to the harvest how many have been a Christian for a long time a long time if you've been a Christian for a long time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you became a Christian, you were on fire, weren't you? Tell everybody about this Jesus, right? Let me tell you about how Jesus saved my soul. Let me tell you what a difference he made in my But by the time, it becomes more like, let me tell you about how I sit in church and me. Yeah. Just like Randy's 
Let me tell you about, oh, I don't like this and I don't like that and I want it to change. Why can't it like you used to? Ah, la, 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 la. We totally miss the point. We suddenly become focused on what we see versus what God's right. We lose sight of the purpose. We become because we're hardened in our hearts. In other words, to use us to bring forth a harvest. He can't if the hearts unplowed, meaning our life is not ready for use. Not that it wasn't ever ready. I grew up on the farm. And you know, when, when you're using the same field, it's easy to plow. But if it sits back, once in a while you go to a bank and let it go back. And you know what grows up in it? Don't sow. Weed. And the ground becomes hard. Dad, cup of plow field, you're going, oh no. Because you heard that ground. Twice the same amount as if you went through last year's field. Same thing's true of our We're in it, and the weeds grow up in it, and we lose where we've been and what we should have been doing. And focus, the weeds take us over. You know, when we break up the ground, we're praying for sensitivity to the needs of and that can influence. Prayer is so important. You know, <coughs> simple. Bring, bringing forth the whole. You should see people being saved. Let's just say it just Your life, and we should see people coming to us because their heart is soft and pliable and yielded. How many of you feel like I missed that? Is there any fighting that's in come to the Lord? It's a lot more college football. It is. You know, it's a lot more than you'll ever do. Unusual. You know what that is? If your Bible is just sitting, and you can honestly say, oh, I've got one. It's never open. That's a sign of a hard heart. It is. It's a sign of a heart. Lack of interest in soul winning and witnessing is evident of ground. Too busy with secular activities to get involved with the work is evidence of unplowed ground. Why is it so important to break up the heart of unplowed well, when I'm broken, you're able to easily receive the word. Wouldn't you love to just receive it and it changes? Isn't that what it's about? When is it difficult to receive the word? You know, it's, it's often because of the hardening of the heart. Prayer softens and enables us to word. That's why, why Kenny prays at the first of the service. To open our hearts and, and to, to soften us to uh, receive the word. If he's praying, thinking about it, is this too cold in here? Well, where am I going to go eat lunch? You're not truly in the prayer. You've missed that opportunity for your heart to be. Hosea said, breaking up the hallowed ground, the, un will the rains refreshing that come from the Lord. Words revived when we break up the, the unplanned. We're thinking that real revival will come with, with hardened added and feelings of forgiveness and lack of interest in the work of God. Revival all after breaking the ground. If you humble yourselves and pray, breaking of the ground. God will heal your land and revival will come. You know those? You know, in, before Noah's day rained, the water just kind of seeped up out. Scripture says, before the heavens opened, mountains of the deep. Before heaven ever up for a person or a church assembly, the fountains of the deep of our hearts first be open. Receive it. And you know what? Here's a word for you. The only prayer that God cannot answer is don't pray. 
and if answer it. And too often we want revival to be poured without opening our soul before God. We want to see the result without any of the work. Don't we? We want heaven without change. Before the rain on us, we must realize that it's time to soar. To both realize and do it. Realize we actually seek Him. That's two different things, isn't it? It's easy for us to say, hey, but well, then I got to do it. I got to actually seek Him. To seek with a broken and contrite heart will break up that plowed ground and open hearts to receive the revival that God has for you personally. Do you want to have a fire soul that can only see people saved? Do you want that fire, fire in your heart that, that wants to see marriages? To get saved, families living together as God intended, church full part in multiple services, society caring about each other than the newest political hot topic. But I want to see. I want to see people more interested in what God's world than the inner fox. Don't Where are God's people going to start turning loose of our self-righteousness and instead God use us to change the world one soul at a time? plowing of our hard hearts so that he can finally shape into a member of his army. Now, not you, but it breaks my heart to think how many people have us today Highway 92 while we're in here. People drove by us today while we're here conditioning and seats, planning our lunches and vacations. How many of them don't know Jesus and if they died today, they'd bother you at all? It should. If it doesn't, this message was asked for because you if that doesn't bother you, you need revival in your heart. If, if you got up today and you drove your hood and if your neighborhood was in their pajamas, standing in the drive, getting their paper, watching TV rather than thinking about going to church, it should break your heart. It should mean more to you. You need revival if that doesn't bother you. Need it. Come to care about souls, and it's with each one of us. Are you going to let Jesus you not? Are you? Jesus you not? Because when it comes to hard work, He knows about it. He knows all. He knows what it means to work hard for your soul. He drug His cross, did it on Him, not for Himself, you, because He's lost and hopeless without Him. And who are we? Care about the, of those out there. Who are we? We got to do is love them and tell them what Jesus has to go to the cross, but he was willing to do that. Who are we? No, the way we because we think it's right. You don't think you want it to be right. You want it right, so you live in that way. Justify heart. So are you ready for a revival in your heart? Maybe to us instead of yourself. It starts personally. Each one of us is. I can't do it. Elders can't do it for you. For you. Your kids can't do it for you. Your mama couldn't do it for you. I have to personally say, Jesus, soften my heart. Help me to my father's eyes. Are you ready? for revival to start. Heavenly Father, we love you.
you for who you are. We thank you for, for the to be new. More to be a, a new creation. And we know that, that that came at a high cost. We know that the opportunity of us to be like Jesus cost him his life. To each one sitting here and each one listening. Things break your hearts, they break ours. The real desire is to see more people come to know you and how much we love you. Lord, may you show us that even if it hurts us, You know, we, we come to this point for the end, but if you don't know Jesus, you can't know what it is to need hard growth. He says, you know, you are weary. You burden. The, the way to the world is most hard, and, and you just can't seem to get through it. And, and it's just weighing you down. He understands it. And he says, come to me. Lord, the spirit that I give you is my comfort. And you're saved. But you have to choose it. You see, anything of our God doesn't force us into anything. It's all about a choice. I choose a Savior enough to die. I choose a Savior so that we go to heaven. Today, we're sitting here in our seats and sitting there. We're, we're thinking, well, revival sounds good, Herb, but you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the pain I've suffered. No, I don't. So we 
something she does it so it'll be out here july 30th who doesn't a bunch of kids slide down a water slide screaming i like the ones i don't have so so come on out and pretend and then the next, this one here is don't be cold blood 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 dry it was shark week and my wife's crazy she likes so she, please make a graphic for that but i think the way sharks so it's a better shark week you know usually we're at the beach and during shark it makes me shark at the beach the next morning but anyway, they come give because you can say really make a difference because we know blood saves us. The blood of Jesus. Of this minute, we're going and live like we're saved by the blood. We'll go out and be the church. You come in, that in there, unless you're in a cool area where the air conditioner is broke, it's hot. But it makes you go fast. But we'll get that fixed Monday, and we'll be back. But blessed. We're blessed here. Let's just and tell how blessed you are. Let's go show there's revival here. If you will bow your heads with me. God, thank you for being in this. Thank you for the words that you've given us today. Thank you for week. Thank you for this play come about you and thank you for everything you please this week as we go out and we be the church in your name. Spread your and make the world better. Amen. Over your doubt, your grace, hearts will cry, these bones will stay. Love 